A lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Life is full of what-ifs. Some awesome. Like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome. Like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Adiola Depot here. Thank you so much for downloading Fight Night Extra. Remember, we're here every single Tuesday live on TalkSport to myself and the great Gareth A. Davis. If you can't join us live, remember to subscribe to the Fight Night podcast channel. So much other great content there as well, such as Fight Night, Fight of My Life, and even the Mike Tyson story, The Boy from Brownsville. This is Fight Night Extra on TalkSport 2. Good afternoon. If you love your boxing and your MMA, then this is obviously the show for you. Find an extra myself, Adi Oladipo, and the great Gareth A. Davis, where we discuss all the latest from the world of combat sports. Today, we're looking back on a historic night at the O2 as Clarissa Shields puts on a masterclass to set her long-standing feud with Savannah Marshall in front of a sold-out arena and two million television television viewers. Alicia Baumgarten also produced a fine performance to upset the odds against fellow American Michaela Mai in the night's co-main event. Did she win, though? We'll discuss it and get Gareth's take on it. Myself and Gareth will unpack the event. We're going to hear from Shields, too, and also be joined by world champion Natasha Jonas, who was ringside for the event. Deontay Wilder made his long-awaited return to the ring in the early hours of Sunday morning. The bronze bomber produced a trademark KO to, to knock out Robert, Robert Hellenius to put himself back firmly in the conversation as the best heavyweight on the planet. We'll try and map out what could be next for him, including a potential fight with a certain Anthony Joshua. We'll also look at the state of the lightweight division after Devin Haney retained his belts against George Gambosos. And we're going to get an update from Gareth with regards to Conor Ben. Look, huge show coming up. It's Final Extra on TalkSport 2. Unanimous decision and the new undisputed women's middleweight champion of the world, the Quote Clarissa Shields. Might be one of the great fights in women's boxing in history. Clarissa Shields showed beyond any shadow of a doubt that she has the right to walk around with that bling around her chest. G-W-O-A-T, greatest woman of all time. And the new unified super featherweight champion of the world, Alicia! on the cards. There's booze around the O2. Michaela Mayer can't believe it. Put Wilder on his back foot. There's a huge hit. Down goes Hellenius. Deontay, the bronze bomber. When I teach, a valuable lesson was taught tonight. So the heavyweight division is on check. 
back. The heavyweight division is on check. He wants all the smoke, does the bronze bomber. And you can understand why when you put uh, Hellenius to sleep the way he did. There were fights all over the globe. Fights in the US, fights in the UK, fights in Australia. And we're going to try in the next hour and unpack all of those. It's going to be difficult, but who better to do it with me than the great Gareth A. Davis. Gareth, you were watching Clarissa Shields versus Savannah Marshall. You said Clarissa Shields would win. You said it will be close. You said she would win, though, because ultimately she is the better boxer of the two. And she proved just how good she is on Saturday night. I mean, when you're as confident as she is, some might say arrogance, I think it's confidence. You've got to deliver, and she delivered. She absolutely did, and so did Savannah, by the way, as well. Um, because uh, Clarissa Shields had Savannah Marshall's number early in that fight. We talk about it in MMA a lot when people say they're going to go into someone else's backyard and fight their fight. And she really did that. She countered um, Savannah off the ropes. Uh, she was quicker to the punch early. She was always ahead in the fight. Mm. But having said that, if she'd shown any moments of weakness, Eddie, or any kind of signs of fatigue, Savannah brought a restlessness and a resilience all the way through the fight. But, you know, clearly, Clarissa can take a big punch. Yes. And she can dole it out as well, because the most marked of the two of them was definitely Savannah Marshall. It was a fight for the ages. Let me say this. This was one of those occasions where we will all say, I remember where I was when I was watching that. I don't care what people, mainly men who watch men's boxing, say, yeah, but it doesn't live up to. That lived up to all expectations. Agreed. The only thing I would say is when you see fighters of that level and when you see the female fighters fighting for an intercontinental title as Lauren Parker was the other day on the, the show I worked on, Unified Promotions. It's beholden onto the, the women's side of the sport now, Addy, I think, to start doing either 12 two-minute rounds or 10 three-minute rounds, in my view. Mm, it's interesting, yeah. I, I think someone asked Clarissa about that, and she said the jump from what she does now in 10-2 to 12-3, that jump might be too much. But in terms of sort of an interim jump to 12-2, then that's something yeah. that I think will, will make sense. You know, I, I was speaking to Andy Clark, um, the great Andy Clark, great commentator, yesterday, and he said, you couldn't ask for, and we'll talk about some of the, the girls on the undercard as well, but you couldn't ask for two better co-main and main, just in terms of the stories, the backgrounds, the personalities, the, the, the trash talk, everything, just it absolutely worked. But then... You're just praying it's going to deliver, right? Because, I mean, look, you've covered the sport for so long where people will trash talk until they can't trash talk no more. They get in the ring and it's a dud. But this was trash talk after trash talk, all the build-up, the delay, not moaning about the delay, it coming together again, well done to Ben Shalom and Sky, and then they delivered. And they delivered yeah. on a scale which, I mean, look, two million people watched it. So you yeah. know it delivered, it worked, everything, the promotion worked. And right now, if you're... If you're the girls, and I was watching Clarissa's sort of timeline of tweets, and she said, "Look, I can't sleep. I, I, I can't. Fall. I'm buzzing. I'm so excited, and so she should be because that was one of those where, as you said, you're going to remember where you were when people talk about it in 15, 20 years' time." Well, well, look, you had four, I think, of arguably the top ten pound for pound women in the world. It's like having um, Alexander Usyk and Tyson Fury and Crawford um, and Spence. And, and, and Crawford and Spence on the same card. Yeah, so, yeah. Absolutely right. Good call. Um, and there was a great narrative. There was a 10-year narrative in there where 
Clarissa had been beaten for the only time in her career, either in the amateur or paid ranks, by Savannah Marshall in the year that Savannah Marshall was the world number one at middleweight, um, and where Clarissa then came back to win the Olympic Games, Addie in London, mm. where she was genuinely now. I interviewed her twice at the London Games, and it was like talking to a teenager from the projects who gave you the thousand mile stare. In 10 <laughs> years, she has to come on as an extraordinary human being. Um, she, she, she suffered rape and abuse in her life, mm. terrible things in her life, but she is something special. She, I think, I mean, you played my voice out there. I think I said it on Saturday night. She now deserves to be called the GWOAT. You know, um, she she etched and she dreamt that into into existence. She's made it a reality. Um, and and equally, I mean, I'm behind the scenes, you know, uh, probably six, eight months ago, um, the event's grown more because it had the five week delay, weirdly. Mm-hmm. And, and the O2 was still bookable, helped them. But I was urging Ben Shalom. I'm not trying to take any credit here, but, you know, we talked to the promoters. I said, please do not put it on in Newcastle. It has to be in London. And it had a London feel about it. It had London media, it had London attention. And it was the perfect place for it. And th- that five-week hiatus enabled them to sell out the entire place. I think it was about 15,000 gone on yeah. September the 6th, September the 8th. It was phenomenal, Eddie. Um you know, you know what it is as well. Sorry to cut across you, Gary. If you know what it yeah. is, it's the, it's almost the, 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 not the peak because there's still more to come. But this year for female boxing uh, has just been sensational. When you go back to Amanda Serrano, Katie Taylor, and obviously that doing incredible numbers. We were there. Me and you were both there ringside watching that one. I think it done 1.5 million views for the zone. And then to have this, and not just this, but then you got the co-main, which could be a main. In any other card by itself, right? I mean, Baumgartner and you was about to mention and Michaela Meyer and the way in which they sold that. I mean, this is it now. You can't go backwards from this. We need to create more. And we saw the likes of Lauren Price and Caroline Dubois on the undercard who are going to be world champions. You bank that, by the way. They're going to be world champions. This is now where it continues to grow, isn't it? Look, the Baumgartner, Alicia Baumgartner and Michaela Meyer fight had as much tension rivalry, vicious rivalry in the build-up. When have you ever seen Michaela Meyer try and kick her opponent? <laughs> never, never. No, and, and Baumgartner got under her skin. She was very, very clever. And I thought, um, early in the fight, I thought Michaela was a little bit robotic and she was like boxing to plan rather than boxing what was in front of her. And I saw Baumgartner one step ahead of her in the early rounds. And I thought her punches were more telling, Baumgartner's. And I thought she did deserve the victory. I like the fact Michaela Meyer is a bad loser, because uh, she is, and that's a good thing. I'd love to see those two in the ring again. I'd love to see Shields and Marshall in the ring again, because mm. I think both fights would be closer, Eddie, you know? Um, and they're worthy of, of fighting again. Um, it's brilliant to see three Americans and a Brit topping a card, which is yeah. in the UK. You know, this is the age of Aquarius for women's boxing, the coming of of the astrological age for women boxing. We support them, we we respect them, we help them grow. It's a time where it's slightly different from men's boxing, 
but we need to help them to grow. Um, I did an event with Spencer Oliver, Hannah Rankin, who was in the studio with us on Saturday night as well, who boxed both Shields and Marshall, of course, gave a fantastic insight. Um, and they're who, all... To- so, so who did she say would win before? And did she say... She thought Clarissa on points. Okay, she, okay. I thought Clarissa on points as well. I think you did. Yeah, agreed, yeah. I said I um, on points. Because... because the big factor in this fight was that Clarissa was going to get, I think I said last week, was going to get hit harder than she'd never been hit before. And Savannah was going to get hit more times than she's ever been hit before. And that's what played out. But it was a ter- terrific battle. I think next time I'd like to see Savannah moving more and using her jab as she does with other opponents. But Clarissa didn't let her settle and do that. An amazing showcase for women's boxing and a different crowd in the arena, which is really pleasing as well. Yeah, certainly was. I want to quickly go back to the Baumgartner fight. I, I had Baumgartner winning at six four. You were given your yeah. your versions of the fight. How did you how did you score it? The same. Okay. The same. Okay. Clear six four as yeah, well. Yeah, yeah. It was a clear. Yeah, agreed. Yes. Yeah, clear six four. She 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 frustrated my Maya came back into the fight with her jab. And then some of her body shots and some of her right hands. But the whole time for me, Alicia, her awareness and focus in there, apart from a few moments of fatigue, were extraordinary. And, and I, I just felt like she had Maya's number the whole way through it. It's a, shame that, um, it's a shame that Tasha's gone up. And I say Tasha, Tasha Jonas, who we're going to speak to a bit later. It's a shame that she's gone up to, what, light middle now. I don't know if Tasha can make 130 I don't know if she can get down to 135 but I'd love to see a scrap between Tasha Jonas and Alicia Baumgartner I wouldn't mind seeing a scrap between Tasha Jonas and Clarissa Shields if Shields can get down to light middle and she's talked about it about getting down to 154 you know Um, I, I, I genuinely think that if Shields puts enough time into mixed martial arts she'll become a professional fighters league uh, champion as well at some point, you know. Yeah, she's, she's got she's got that dog in her that I think you're, yeah. you're just born with. And when you heard the story and you mentioned it, her being sort of raped at five and what she's had to go through, there were, there were times in that fight where Savannah, you know, was put on her. Savannah's a, the much bigger girl by far, by the way. Yeah. But it was almost yeah. that dog of you're not going to beat me. I'm going to fight back at any moment. And it's almost the story of her life, just the fight through that she's had to go through in her life. And this is not to take away anything from Savannah who's had her own problems in her life but there's something about Clarissa's upbringing that meant that she was not going to be denied not at all she really wasn't yeah yeah she's been born and made uh, as a fighter um she she's an extraordinary character she she sells an event so well she's absolutely fearless she will have won a legion of fans I hope she comes back here to fight because I think there's a bigger resonance, a wider resonance, a more respectful, mm. if I can say respectful, I can't speak for the whole of America, but I think there's a there's a level of resonance here that they don't have in the United States for it at the moment. No, they don't. Uh, they don't. No matter what they say, they don't. I mean, yeah. she's not, they're not getting 20,000 for, for, for Clarissa Shields versus Savannah Marshall, no matter what the beef is and how they promote it. The UK fight fans have just lapped this up, and I think the UK have gone big in the last few years Eddie's obviously put on some really big female fight cards Frank Warren's finally started to join up and join in as well so I think we're going really big on it now and that's why they don't do it in America like this I don't think 
No, I agree with you. They don't. They, they, they want to, but they're look. They're battling for mainstream uh, coverage, not coverage, mainstream followings. For I know we're going to talk about Jonte Wilder later. For people like Terence Crawford and Errol Spence, who 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 uh, basically aren't fighting each other because there's not twenty million on the table. There That's isn't it. twenty million on the table. That's it. Otherwise, That's the reason. Yeah, agreed. Yeah. All right, you're listening to Final Extra on TalkSport 2. Still to come, we're going to continue the fallout from Saturday night. Natasha Jonas will join us as well. You heard what Gareth said there. He'd like to see a fight between Tasha and Clarissa Shaws. We'll ask her the questions. We'll also try and get up to speed on Conor Ben's ongoing battle with the British Boxing Board of Control. His father, a couple of nights ago, admitting that they knew about the test three months ago. Although he did backtrack and say three weeks, but still we'll, we'll unpack it. But up next, the bronze bomber is back with a bang. Who should he fight next? I always have concern for my for, for all fighters. You know, um, I'm a big advocate for fighters because, like I always say, we get done wrong. This is not a sport. A sport is something you play. You don't play this. He's correct. I've always said that. You don't play boxing. You really don't. But it's great to have Deontay Wilder back in the ring, um, back doing what he does best, which is putting his opponents to sleep and he done that to Robert Alanius nearly a year to the day that he last fought Tyson Fury he's been out the ring nearly 12 months Deontay Wilder he looks refreshed a lot lighter came in at 214 pounds uh, which is his weight which is exactly what he should be weighing and um, with the power has always been there but mentally uh, Gareth he seems like a different person now he's, his outlook seems to be completely different uh, we're going to play a clip a bit later about him breaking down in the press conference but I feel like we're seeing Still, say, still the same sort of gritty and determined Deontay Wilder, but someone that's sort of grown up in front of us, I think. Yeah, I mean, I think, look, it can never get worse for him than Tyson Fury. And in a weird way, that loss to Tyson Fury has just driven him on, I think, Addy, the last loss a year ago. Mm. And he took his time. He came back cleverly. He's a very powerful speaker, Deontay, and doesn't, doesn't get the resonance, if we're talking about resonance tonight, um, he doesn't get the resonance he deserves with the American audience. Um, I think he's a very powerful speaker, as I say, and um, has a lot of wisdom around him. Um, he's a wild, wild character in the ring. I mean, that stalking, cocked, trigger-like style. <laughs> yes, um, yes, yes. It's just, it's so thrilling. It's like... <laughs> It's like, I, I don't mean this literally, but it's like kill or be killed with him. Shoot a box. Yeah, like is. the Brazilian shoot a box style, you know, kill or be killed. You go for your opponent. Um, and he, he's so emphatic. I do, I do think he's arguably, when you look down history, he's arguably the most dangerous single puncher in the history of the heavyweight division. Look at his record. That's a big, big statement, that. It's a, well, he, he is a big, big puncher. And with that one punch in the first round... He propels himself back into the heavyweight division like no one else has done recently. I mean, look what Joe Joyce did um, against Joseph Parker and how we were waxing lyrical about his performance and, and the qualities that he possesses. Deontay Wilder now and Joe Joyce in a ring. Can you imagine? Can you Carnage. imagine the anticipation? Carnage, you you're know? just waiting to see if Joyce can, can eat one of those punches. And I mean, look, he yeah. didn't even... It wasn't even a full levered punch that put Hellenius to sleep. It wasn't like the Tyson Fury knocked down in their third fight. I don't even think he put everything into it. 
And, and, and it's still, honestly, Alanius was out. There's some people on the net thinking it was a phantom punch, very reminiscent oh. to his one against Malik Scott maybe a few years back. But no, 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 that landed clearly on the button. And I guess it is a question now, Gareth, of, of what next? I mean, you know, I know people around him that have said they want kind of one more, like, warm-up fight. And I'm like, no, no, Hellenius was the warm-up fight. Now, let's see what you've got. Ruiz, Usyk, Joe Joyce, AJ. I want a big one next for Deontay Wilder. I want Deontay Wilder to come to the UK and fight four or five of the guys here and make a ton of money and, and create a huge fandom. Um, I, I, you know, I could really see him coming here and beating some of those guys and working his way up to a fourth fight with Tyson Fury in the UK. You know, you know I could someone asked I me about that fight. fight. Yes, you know, it's, it's crazy because I remember I had no interest in the third fight and then the third fight was one of the greatest heavyweight fights I've ever seen. So I yeah. would, it's, it's the fight that intrigues me the most. I, w- I, would, I wouldn't mind seeing it at all. Uh, very quickly. I, 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 I want to say, I want to say quadrilogy. Quadrilogy. <laughs> quadrilogy. <laughs> uh, very quickly, I mentioned about sort of Deontay Wilder breaking down uh, at the post-fight press conference. Uh, let's hear what he had to say. My heart goes out to him. And I hope he's doing okay. He can be able to go back to his family. You know, people always go about worrying about records and and all this. He lost all. He's a bum and all that. Well, you get your bum ass in there then. Yeah, it's a great knockout. It's devastating, making history and stuff like that. But how much that man gonna suffer? And we seeing what happened. Look at look at look at Cologne. It's Pritchard Cologne. Yep. Correct. This man ain't have no kids. <laughs> <laughs> they don't understand, man. Y'all don't understand what we go through, man. And I don't even know him like that. But I always be an advocate for us because ah, this man would never know what it feel like to be somebody's father. And that's some of the precious thing in the world to be somebody's father. But he'll never be nobody's father, man. This man will never have a natural childhood ability of, 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 of living again because he got in the ring to support his family. But now his family got to take care of him for the rest of his life. We don't know if Robert going to be the same after this. I just did a job. Where's that come from, Gareth? Where's that emotion come from? Um, well, we, we got to remember... You've got to remember that one of the reasons that Deontay fights is for his daughter with spina bifida. Yeah. 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 And he's very, I remember talking to him about the Paralympics. He's, he's a very sensitive, emotional man. Uh, he's quite a beautiful man in lots of ways. You know, he has so many qualities to give. And I think he's, he's relieved that he's back and that he hasn't suffered any damage and that Hellenius, I think is fine after the fight. He's, he's seeing Cologne and and he'll never have children, he's saying, you know. Um, Is that a danger, though? Like, I, I remember sort of, obviously, what happened with Chris Eubank Sr. and Michael Watson. And I remember thinking Sr. probably wasn't the same fighter after because of the damage that he knew he caused Michael Watson. I mean, look, I, I fully get what Deontay Wilder was saying, but, but should fighters have that thought in their head, knowing what they're going in there to do, especially what Wilder does? Um, well, it's it's a change of tune for him because he was the man that wanted someone to leave in a body bag, if you recall. Exactly, his yes. So 
it's maturity. It's a change in the man. Um, it's, it's, it's a great quality that he is now showing. Um, you know, we've seen Anthony Joshua and uh, we've seen Tyson Fury emotional as well. We've seen Ty Tyson Fury, Anthony Joshua, Deontay Wilder, all very emotional mm. in recent fights. Um, and, you know, I, I've used this expression before. I interviewed a guy called Stefan Struve once. I know him, um, former UFC heavyweight. Yeah. And, and Stefan's father was, was very, very ill. And Stefan was crying uh, when I interviewed him post-fight against Stipe Miocic in Nottingham many years ago, and he began to cry. And I remember saying at the time, there's something special when giants cry, you know? Um, humanizes, it humanizes them? Is that what it is? Or? Totally, totally. It totally humanizes. Look at the look at the 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 spectrum you had from Deontay Wilder on the night, the bronze bomber, the destroyer, ninety whatever percent of knockouts in his career, and then he changes back into the father who loves his children, um, who, who's 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 in love with Tally Swift, who 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 battles day in day out for it. I can't remember the name of, uh, of his uh, daughter with spina bifida in this moment, but it's a very special thing. It's why he goes out. It's why he puts himself against things. He's, he's on public record saying that. She is the shining light in his life. And uh, and I think that's where it came. That's where it came. But get yourself over here. Get, get a nice big first class, big seat over here, Deontay, because there's a big place at the top table that you can inhabit right now. Yeah. It's a no-brainer for me. Agreed, agreed. There's so many money fights over here from in, in the UK. I mean, even, even him versus Usyk over here does a stadium in the UK. Yeah. It, re it really does. Uh, I want to quickly, we've only got a couple of minutes on this one, quickly talk about the lightweight fight in Australia, which I thought it's almost been forgotten because there were so many fights on the weekend. Devin Haney fighting George Kambosos uh, once again. Devin Haney putting on a clinic once again. And, and there's no discredit in George Kambosos is a fantastic fighter, just that Devin Haney is probably a special fighter. Um, I thought he looked awful on the scales. It was almost like a dead man walking. And I've seen some really awful people in the scales and Devin Haney looked really bad, but fight night looked looked fantastic, looked fresh. Uh, what, is, what does he do next? Does he go Lomachenko and everyone's talking about Loma's got a fight coming up and then for hopefully he can get that done. They're both under the top rank umbrella. Does he go Shakur Stevenson? What do you do with you, Devin? Well, I'd like to see though both those fights before he goes up to 140 pounds, 10 stone. Mm. Um, he's growing all the time, as is Shakur, who'll be up at lightweight before we know it, I'm sure. Um, I'd love to see him have four or five fights at lightweight. Um, as you say, the easiest ones to be made because they're under the top rank banner are Shakur, Stevenson uh, and, um, and uh, Vasyl Lomachenko. But I would love to see him fight Tank Davis yeah, um, yeah, and uh, who else am I thinking of? Here? There's Ryan, but Ryan's up. Ryan, and Ryan, yeah, and Ryan Garcia at lightweight. I mean, guys, these are mega fights. If these were in the UK, and we said it last week, I think if these were in the UK, they'd, they'd just be, done be by now. They, I don't know if they'd be done, but they'd be enormous. Yeah, yeah I think they would be done. I think you're right. Yeah, I think they would be done. Especially, yeah, especially and, if you're under the same umbrella. I mean, I get yeah. the Javante Davis one, but I mean Tank. Sorry, uh, Ryan, Loma, and Devon, all, all all working with top rank. I mean, come on. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. I don't know what's going yeah. on. Yeah. yeah. But, but again, on the performance, it was nice to see him um, use some different artillery in this fight and 
go for punch power, not winning behind his jab and movement and going to the body and throwing scything hooks. Um, and it was, a, you know, it was another shutout in lots of ways. He, he's a brilliant boxer. Yeah, and, and, and I think we've got to give him credit as well for fighting away from home twice as well. Yeah. I mean, he's going into, yeah. you know, someone else's Listen, backyard. A, yeah, but he was a teenager fighting men in Mexico with his <laughs> father, Bill, <laughs> you are correct, um, yes. because he couldn't get in uh, a professional license when he was 16, 17. He knows his way around the ring. Mm. It's comfortable. Yeah. He certainly is. All right, you're listening to Final Extra on TalkSport 2. Still to come, Tasha Jonas will join us to reflect on Saturday night's card at the O2. Could she, could she be a future opponent for Clarissa Shields? But up next, we're going to hear from Nigel Ben, who admitted recently that he and everyone else knew about Conor Ben's positive test prior to his fight with Chris Eubank Jr. Hi, this is Craig Robinson from Ways to Win. And support for this podcast comes from Invesco QQQ. Invesco QQQ is proud to sponsor this episode and even prouder to provide access to innovation for the last 25 years. Basketball has had innovations over the years, too. We're seeing the game played in new ways every day. Learn more at Invesco.com QQQ. Let's rethink possibility. Invesco Distributors, Inc. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Good afternoon. You are listening to Find an Extra on TalkSport 2. Uh, Tasha Jonas will join us in about sort of 10, 15 minutes to reflect on what was a fantastic night of boxing, not just for female boxing, obviously it was an all-female card, but just in boxing in general, it really was, especially when you consider what the last few weeks have been like regarding the Conor Ben situation with Chris Eubank Jr. Uh, Nigel Ben appears to have disclosed that everyone was aware of an adverse finding in his son Conor's drug test prior to that fight with Chris Eubank Jr. In the following clip, which was filmed on Saturday evening, Ben admits that everyone was aware Conor had produced a positive test three months before it became public knowledge. There's so much that I would love to say because we knew about this three months ago when they said there was a trace in here. You know what? But we carried on training. But then there's so much that I can't, scientifically I can't say, but we know that we're sending out other, we're paying for our scientists to go out there and sort this out because at the end of the day, I know my son. My DNA is in him. Yeah. That's all I need to say. You know me. You all know me. 
Chris Eubank uh, Senior was there alongside Nigel Benno doing a speaking engagement, which they've been doing for the last uh, few years. I'm surprised they kept to this one, if I'm honest with you. I thought this one uh, might not happen. He has since, I will say this, he has since, this is Nigel now, taken to social media to correct himself, stating that he meant say, to say three weeks as opposed to three months, as you just heard on the clip. Uh, nevertheless, Gareth, uh, three weeks or three months, the fact that they all knew... And, and you know he's admitted that now and still nothing was done still I guess we'll send alarm bells out to fight fans fans of Connor fans of everyone uh, regardless no but we knew but we knew that they um, the test was on the 1st of September um, I think they were all informed on the 23rd um, I think that's that's my understanding so if they were informed on the 16th, that's what he's saying. It was three weeks. But uh, if it's three months, um, and as you say, correct himself, and you have to allow someone to correct themselves, of course, of um, that, that goes back to July. So, I mean, there, there are there are stories doing the rounds that there are two positive tests, but that hasn't been proven yet, by mm -hmm. the way. The young man has got to the opportunity to prove his innocence first, if he is innocent. Um, and show that he's a clean athlete. I, I haven't heard any more about the B sample. I haven't heard any more about a defence being mounted yet, other than uh, Nigel, when he was on stage with Christopher Eubank Sr., saying that it is in the hands of the lawyers and they are mounting a defence with Eddie Hearn. Mm. Um, UCAD are now investigating. Last Friday, the Boxing Board of Control issued a statement saying that UCAD are now investing, investigating the scenario. So they'll be getting the paperwork from uh, Voluntary Anti-Doping Association, VADA, um, and they will take it from there. Whether they have their own hearing and they give their recommendations for the board, we are yet to ascertain. But it will all come out in the next few weeks. And, and, and you know, let me go back to last weekend for a moment. Thank God for for real boxing and, and boxing taking place because it was a very dark week because right. it became a bigger story than just Conor Ben. It was like there were, it was it was it was tantamount to discovering that there's no transparency in boxing and 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 you know when the mainstream gets involved in boxing it it, it it's a, it's a very messy affair because it, you can pick it apart at the seams because it's a very complex algorithm that allows boxing to work. So, um, you know, in many ways, we, we need clarification. It will come sooner rather than later, but it definitely needs to be done. Yeah, look, I agreed. Like, this can't be one of those that just sort of magically disappear because time has gone on. No, I think this will still sort of be out there. Uh, one thing, and I'm sure you, you've watched that that interview, I think there's, it's about an eight-minute clip. One thing that Nigel did say, and look, Chris came on Talk Sport and he's speaking to Jim White and Simon Jordan talking about they, they tried to murder my son and he's very emotional and he can't help almost sort of choke up as he's talking and he's talking about the weight cut and everyone's seen the picture of Chris Eubank Jr. making the weight. And it, look, physically... The body still looks good, but you can see it in his face. He's completely drained, completely drained. And yeah. he, and Nigel sort of gets emotional and looks at Chris Cena and says, you were right. And he's happy it didn't happen, the fight, because he really believes that Connor would have hurt Chris. And obviously they've been through their own stuff with Gerald McLennan and Michael Watson and yeah. et cetera, et cetera. So in well, a way, well, it's almost a good thing that it didn't happen, isn't it? Absolutely. And, oh no, when you saw him emaciated in that way um it, it just it just it worried you 
Mm. It worried you if this was going to be a fight that went into the trenches. Um, and there was something gung-ho, kamikaze-like about Chris going into this, saying, I only yeah. need to be at 60% and all mm. of this. Welterweights have fought middleweights before. And, you know, they're not always come out successfully. But it's, uh, well, Sugar Ray Leonard, you know, defeated Marvin Hagler, didn't he? And, yeah. you know, one was a, a welterweight, really, and one won a middleweight. And, and, but you need those skills um, to be able to do so. I, I think that the talk now, of course, is that if Ben clears his name, the fathers have now agreed, not that they are the promoters, that the fight really needs to take place at 160. And that's not going to be fair on Conor Ben. <laughs> no, no, it's not. And, and, um, and there's no doubt in that. I mean, all the 160, they'll try and put a rehydration clause in it. There's no no doubt about it to try and make it fair. Does, does boxing need to scrap these things? And look, some of the biggest fights in the history of the sport, well, at least in the last 15 years, have been made because of catch weights and rehydration clauses. But does someone else need to look at this and scrap this? Like, these rehydration clauses and, and catch weight fights, like, again, I, I understand that some big fights have been made and we've been fortunate to cover those fights, but seeing Chris like that, and then I think they gave him a three-pound rehydration within 24 hours. It's ridiculous. It's absolutely well, ridiculous. I'm, and I, I think a lot of fight fans don't know this stuff. No, and I they'll know, see no. two. They'll see two guys get in the ring. Connor would have got the victory, maybe, and they wouldn't understand. But what was going on behind the scenes? Well, look, Ben Eubank three. First of all, you know, born rivals was a great promotional um, um, extravaganza, but really. Um, we don't know what was going to happen in that fight. Chris Eubank Jr., where the right weight would probably be far, far too big for Conor Ben. Um, it's too dangerous a fight, as we say, with the with the catch weight. Um, I just feel that, you know, I, it reminds me of two other fights in, in my time. Uh, and I remember talking to Virgil Hunter about this first one, and he said... I really didn't want him to take in. It was Amir Khan taking a Canelo fight. And I remember being in um, Virgil's uh, Oakland gym with him and him taking me to one side and said, I didn't want the kid to take this. And I mean it. He said, mm. he's going to have to box properly, perfect, perfectly rather, for every minute of every round to stay alive and win this fight. Every minute of every round. And Khan obviously had great hand speed. And then Cal Brook and Gennady Golovkin. Um, big weight differences. Big, big differences. And, it, and, and that, that's without the weight cut uh, or the catch weight on either Canelo. I mean, Canelo was enormous when he fought Amir Khan. It just looked wrong. Yeah, I and there's so many. Boxers have been 20 pounds heavier, yeah. you know? And there's so many. Also, this is maybe a slightly different, but I remember when Chad Dawson came down from 175 to 168 to fight Andre Ward. He's never been at 168 before. Yeah, I'm like, yeah. and I get it. It's a big fight of Andre Ward, but you're not the same. Not the Here's same. another one. Here's another Go one. On. Floyd Mayweather against Juan Manuel Marquez. Oh, I said a disgrace that one was. 14 pounds heavier, I think he was. Yeah. Um, he, he dragged Marquez up from 135, I believe. Yeah, yeah. it was. It was It was 135 to welterweight. Was that? It's, yeah. it's not right. It's not... Um, it, 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 there's weight divisions for a reason. It's an old adage that, and, and we we do have to be careful about the safety of the fighters. I'm so glad this fight didn't go ahead between Ben and Eubank, and um, you know it's it's gonna it's 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 issued a, a word of warning for future fights in in my view, and and I think it will change things now.
Yeah, I don't I, think it's quite will ever happen actually now, do you? No, no chance. Absolutely no chance. Just because, again, Chris is not going to agree to 157. He, considering what's happened, he's probably not even going to agree to a rehydration clause. He's going to like, look, if you want to fight me, come up and fight me. And Connor's not going to do that. So, um, no, I think we move on. And it's a big shame because I thought the shoulder programming was good. I thought my um, face-off was excellent. <laughs> so it's a disappointing thing. But I think for the good of boxing, we find out what happened with regards to the drug test and we all move on and Chris fights world to waste. And so Chris fights super middles or, or middles and Connor fights world to waste. There's a lot of options in both weight classes for both of them. It's funny because we've been talking about weight classes and jumping weight classes and going down. We're going to speak to a lady that jumped up three weight classes when we come back. Tasha Jonas will join us. I just started throwing bombs back with her. <laughs> and I think that was the difference maker in the fight, and that's why I won unanimously. What I will say right now is it takes two people to make an incredible fight like that, and Savannah's performance was amazing. Yeah, what a night of boxing. It really was something special. This is Final Extra, myself, Andy Lodipo, uh, Gareth A. Davis, joined, and this is still weird to say this, by the unified super welterweight champion of the world, Tasha Jonas, who joins us now. Tash, um, you must have, obviously, you sat ringside, you're working for Sky, you must though be looking around. O2 Arena, noisy, 20,000. And you've been in some big fights yourself, but you must think, wow, uh, this, is, this is sensational. This is incredible. Yeah, it was some events on Saturday. I think, you know, like you said, the atmosphere, the crowd, the, the tension in the build-up and just the whole show in general was brilliant, I thought. You know, you fought at a lower weight class before. Obviously, you're now closer to where Clarissa is, but you fought closer to where Alicia is as well. Um, I don't know about your weight cut to get back down there, but when you're looking at the, the co-main and the main, obviously, as an opponent, you're looking at everyone, I'm guessing, in that those four girls. Are you looking more towards the outcome of Alicia and Michaela, or are you looking at Clarissa? I'm I'm definitely never going to make super feather again. That's <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, so yeah, I was looking at the Clarissa, and I, I I'd seen on a few uh, interviews that she'd done that she said she'd love to come back and and fight myself or Terry Harper. And I, I was just saying just off 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 air then that I'd I'd relish the chance to to, to fight Clarissa um, here or in the states. So. Yeah, you, I know you'll go anywhere for that fight, and rightly so. Let's hear from Clarissa Shield. She spoke with Spencer Oliver after about coming back to the UK and who she would like to fight next. I would love to come back here. Um, it's some world champs at 54. I just want to make history. Today I'm three-time undisputed champ, so um, I would love to just fight against whoever they say is the best, you know, whatever weight class. They who next? Who next? What, what would be the dream? Um, right now... I mean, you're running out of opponents. Yeah, yeah, but you know, there's always some up-and-coming girls. I mean, we got Natasha Jonas and Terry Harper at 154. I can make 154. When I was at 54, the only girl that was there was Marie-Yves DeCare and um, Ivana Habazine. That's how I became undisputed there. But now you got some heavy hitters in Terry Harper and Natasha Jonas. And if they're going to fight against 54, then they need to fight, and they need, they need to fight against the 154 uh, queen, which is me. She said your name first. She, she said your name first. Yeah. She said Tasha Jonas or Terry Harper. Now, look, obviously, look, you've got work coming up in November. She's funny because she mentioned your opponent, Marie-Yves DeCare there. Um, obviously, you've got to get past that, and there's been a lot of talk about the fight with Terry Harper. You guys had a good fight way back when. 
controversial draw. I thought you won that fight. Do, what what do you want to do? Do you want to almost clear up that first? And, you know, with Clarissa's got a fight in the PFL coming up, so she might be out of the ring for a few months. Or do you want it next after Marie-Yves de Kerr? What do you want to do? I, to, to be honest, I just want to focus on the fight that's in front of me, mm, if I'm honest. Good answer. Um, that's an experienced and, and, pro, that is. <laughs> um, yeah, and, and, and just have, like focus on that and then I'll make the decision after. And I, all I've ever wanted is options and, and now I have them. So that that's the, the best thing. But I've got to do what, do, do what I need to do first. Um, the, the key for me at the moment, and we talked about at the top of the show, Tash, is there's about 20 women in the world that can go up and down weight divisions at the moment. I think there's kind of like, there's an elite 20 of you. So, I mean, Savannah wouldn't make light middle, I don't think. But um, is there a moment now where we should be moving to 12 twos? Um, from from the from the analyst perspective, from I'd like to have seen two more rounds with Shields and Marshall. I'd like to have seen two more rounds with you and Taylor. I'd like to have seen two more rounds. You might not have liked to, but um, <laughs> seen two more rounds with Baumgartner and Mayer. Those what we call the championship rounds. And I just wonder whether we could move to twelve twos first of all for for the elite level for the. For, for unified championships or for for undisputed championships, because it would just, I just think it would bring more. I don't know if I'm barking up the wrong tree, but I don't know what your feeling is about it. No, I, I think I think most women agree that they, uh, you know, they, they do the longer rounds. Um, I do think sometimes fans ask for the three minute rounds to make it, you know, more knockouts and, and, and more stoppages and stuff. But the reality of that, I don't think fans like because they didn't like to see Terry Harper get knocked out. They didn't like to see yeah. um, Savannah's last opponent before Clarissa get knocked out. So when you say, oh, we want to see more knockouts, in reality, that's not what they want to see. So um, I do think the first step it, to before we even talk about the threes is going to the 12 twos. Yeah, because at the moment, you, you uh, an intercontinental title is still 10 twos as well. And I think... The, the 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 ladies who are the women that are fighting at that level are at a different level. There's a, because there is a group of you that are different. Do you agree with that? That you're you're different. I I, I say that you've got resonance, a following. You're earning more. You 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 are. It's the same in it's the same in men's boxing. They cannot get Terence Crawford and and Errol Spence on. Why? Because they haven't got a big enough following. We talked about it earlier in the show. If that fight was worth 15 million, they'd be having that fight tomorrow. But the audience is developing for you guys as well now, you know? Um, and it just I feels like that we want the fight to as well on. and it's easier to put on. Like every, every, every female doesn't want uh, one belt, just isn't enough. Everyone wants to be, you know, unified, wants to be undisputed. And, and we, want, we want the fights and, and we, we all want to do that. So I think that, that helps that, you know, there's no. You know, because maybe there isn't that financial stuff on the line that, that, that them fights are easier to put on. Uh, Tash, you know, obviously, look, she, she calls herself the quote, the greatest woman fighter of all time. And when you, when you chuck in her amateur pedigree, it's difficult to argue that statement. You've been in there with Katie Taylor. You've watched Clarissa now up close and personal. Who do you think is the best female fighter out there? It's hard to call. Um, because Clarissa's going Clarissa can only fight who's in front of her. Mm. Um, but then, you know, amateur and professional, when you look at the pedigree of fighters, Peter Fury was, was kind of 
right by saying like the top two was them two and, mm. and the others are quite like out of saying there's a gap between you know Clarissa and Savannah and the rest of them in, in that division and, and uh, you know even as amateur you know the top three I think were all you know uh, Sophia Ochegeva she was pound for pound number two Katie was the number one Clarissa I think was the number three um, so it's it, it's the the women who's in in that category mm. um, you know you've got your Serranos you've got your Myers, you've got your Harper, they're all closer to, to Katie's weight than they are to Clarissa's. Yeah, so there's um, just more options so, for, for, for Katie, isn't there? There's there's more, it's, you know, Hamadouche, there's more people, elite fighters in, in, in the lower weight because generally they're the more popular weight. Tasha, thank you so much. I really appreciate you coming on. Um, good luck in your next fight as well in November. And it's really good what you said as well. You're not looking forward to, to Clarissa or anyone. You're trying to make sure that you can get your work done in November. And I have absolutely every faith that you will. And look, fingers crossed, we might see some really, really big fights uh, next year. Gareth, really appreciate you coming on as well. Thank you very, very much. That's it for this week. Thank you so much for downloading our Fight Night Extra. Remember, we're back every single Tuesday for more great content. And if you miss us, make sure you subscribe to Fight Night to catch up on all our other episodes. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince? They exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.